0: This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world.
1: Welcome to another Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. I want to talk a little bit today about the breach of covering. There's something about honoring God's constituted, delegated, and positional authorities that keep us covered and protected. Have you ever experienced a time in your life, I know I have, when you wondered when a breakthrough would actually come through? Have you noticed a pattern in your own life that is so difficult to change? Sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes these struggles are due to a breakdown in relationship. Relationship to God and relationship to others and to those that God may have placed in our lives. You've often heard me say that the kingdom of God is built on relationships. First with God, then with one another. And the degree of influence that we have or will leave to the next generation is determined on the degree of those relationships or level of those relationships with God
0: and with one another. Hello, my name is Mark Roy with Somebody Cares San Antonio. Over 20 years ago, my wife, Susie, and I began learning what compassion was all about by working in the inner city. We learned how to love people right where they were, regardless of their circumstances. We learned how to feed people and how to care for people in crisis. We are so very grateful to be a part of Somebody Cares Network. Doug Stringer's leadership is an example of compassion and action. Through partnership with Somebody Cares, what we have learned locally has equipped us to be used globally as we respond to crisis and disaster all over the world. The very DNA of Somebody Cares is different people coming together with different skill sets and even different ministries, and yet we come together with one heart, which is to be a tangible expression of Jesus Christ in a hurting world. To join us in being that tangible expression of Jesus, you can give by going to somebodycares.org. And we want to thank you for your support.
1: It is sometimes, though, a little challenging, even difficult, to decipher through how we maneuver through relationships of those who may be over us in authority, either spiritually or on the job or parents. And that's where I want to talk a little bit about how do we honor God's constituted, delegated, and positional authorities. Not all authority is of God's. We have to be very discerning and to know what God is speaking to us and how do we respond to all those in authority, even if we disagree with them. I know we all want breakthroughs. I know I do. And we all have areas of our lives in which we need God's intervention. The question I ask myself at times is, am I willing to let God do the work that He needs to, to do in my life and the work that needs to be done? How badly do I want God's intervention in any situation? There are areas of struggle that can lead to a breach of covering if we reject the truth or a bridge leading to repair it if we yield to the truth. Let me say that again. There are areas of struggles in our lives that can lead to a breach of covering, which keeps us very vulnerable to attacks, even spiritual attacks, if we reject the truth. But it can become a bridge leading to repair if we yield to the truth. So the question is, do we want a breach or bridge? I I want to have a bridge between me and the Lord. I don't want to have a breach over my life. I don't want to let those things in that would... Uh, Cause me to be vulnerable, and it caused those that I serve to be vulnerable. Because as a parent, for example, uh, my wife and I are the covering of our home. And if we're not in agreement with God and with one another, it opens a breach of covering within the home, even on our children and our our friends and our families. And especially as a spiritual leader, as a pastor or a ministry leader in my own life, if there are things I allow into my spirit, things that I allow into my life to become a breach, So I have to recognize that no matter what I feel, what my personal opinions are, my personal preferences, the ultimate authority is God Himself and revealed to me through the characteristics of His kingdom, through His written Word, to help me understand the authority that I'm under. And the other is constituted authority. Now, I look at the Word of God as being somewhat like the U.S. Constitution. It's it's already written. It's there. But too often, just like the Constitution of the United States, many who no longer have a spiritual connection to the the intention of the Constitution will continue to try to amend it to fit what they want rather than looking at the spirit of the original intent of the authors or the founders of the Constitution. The same is true with the Word of God. Too many times, even as Christians, We look at the Word of God, and rather than for us to say that is God's already fundamental constituted authority, and for me to understand it, I have to understand the spirit of the relationship with God Himself. Otherwise, what I would try to do is read the Word of God only to get a message for someone else, or to try to get something that will fit what I want, rather than saying, God, how does Your whole Word apply into my life, and I submit my my life under Your Word, which is my constituted authority? And then there's delegated authority. Let me just explain it this way. In Scripture, it's clear when it says if you want authority, you must be one under authority. In other words, there's something about having a position of a king, for example, or a leader who says to someone to be my ambassador, so I give you authority to represent this nation, to represent my authority in the marketplace, in the business world, in the political world. So there are some authorities that are given or delegated by another authority. Likewise, the Lord Himself grants us His authority in the kingdom of God because if we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these other things are added to us. So there is a delegation when we're under God's authority that grants us an influence because we're ambassadors of Christ or the ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And then there's positional authority. And let me give an example of that. If someone is trying to pull you over and they're flashing their lights more than likely you're not going to pull over if you don't trust who they are. But if it's a police car with lights going on and they're, and they're trying to pull you over, you recognize there is a positional authority that is recognized because they're pulling you over for some traffic violation or something else. There are others even who, and I always say this, that there's a difference between kingdom authority and positional authority like this. If I have an element of influence because of the position I carry, if it's a regional director for a company, or if I'm the, the CEO of a company, or the pastor of a, of a church, an influential church, there's an element of influence you have in the community based on the perception of your position. But if you take those titles off, and you take those positions away, what kind of authority do you actually have? I really believe the most powerful thing is to have kingdom authority, because without a title, without a position, you still carry relationships of the kingdom with a deep influence because of the kingdom authority that's given to your life, Then, no longer by position but by kingdom relationship. Uh, We call that relational equity, don't we? And so there are some people who have a lot of influence, and they may not carry some big title or position in a company or in a church, but there's something about them that has this influence that crosses the board in the seven spheres of the culture, whatever we want to call that, But they are able to go beyond the natural title of of position and carry a, a greater authority because of relational equity, which is really kingdom authority. So there is ultimate authority is the Lord. There's constituted authority, which I believe for us is God's word, that we are under his authority, constituted authority. And there's delegated authority, that we have authority because it's been delegated by God and then even in our positions in this world, that that we're under some form of authority. If you're working for a company, if you're a pastor at a church, you're, everyone must be under some sort of authority. So there's ultimate authority, constituent authority, delegated authority, and then what authority we carry by the very position or title that we have. And so I know that we don't we don't pass out business cards and somehow we we try to live by the title that we have. No, there's something about the The impact of our lives, not just by the position we carry, but by the essence of how we function. And people will perceive us in different ways. So uh, it, it really is important that we are, we, I really believe for me personally, and all of us, that there needs to be a place of understanding who our ultimate authority is, what is constituted authority in our lives, and what has been constituted through us. And what have we been delegated to carry in God's authority or those who have commissioned us on the job or the positions that we carry, that position authority? But ultimately, the longevity of influence will come by kingdom relationship and relational equity. That could be true in the home, in the church, in the marketplace. Now, leadership, I believe, if it's godly, must give an account to God. So, godly leadership should be concerned with the well-being of God's people or other people. Leaders should not claim ownership to God's sheep, but be responsible for their stewardship. And we should not be appointed to Lord over people, but we we're to help guide and direct and encourage and empower and exhort people in their lives. We can read this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2 and 3. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. And I've always said that we must speak the truth in love, but season it, In grace, but speak the truth nonetheless. See, when there's a rejection of the truth, it leads to a breach of covering. So when we no longer walk under the authority of God, or we no longer walk in God's word or constitute authority, there is an there's a vulnerability to be to have a breach in our lives that also doesn't just impact us, but impacts those who are looking to us. The word of God should be our barometer of truth at all times, not about how we feel, not our personal opinions. But, but, but God's Word itself. And then there's a thing we call the place of agreement. Uh, the late Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole used to say this, that there, that there is power in agreement. Just like he used to say that prayer produces intimacy to whom you pray, to the Lord, with whom you pray in agreement, because agreement is a place of power, and then for whom you pray. Or Ed Savoso in his, in his book, Prayer of Evangelism, used to say, before you talk to your neighbors about God, Talk to God about your neighbors. There's something about the agreement with God first that gives us an authority as ambassadors for Christ to be able to minister to those around us. So the place of agreement. Uh, we are, you know, the Word of God says in 1 Peter 3.7 that we are joint heirs with Christ. So we need to have a, a proper ability to communicate God's Word clearly, not so much by just Scripture and verse, but by how the Word of God has transformed us, washed our minds, so when we speak, we speak In the spirit of God's word, that's good communication. And again, the power of agreement when we agree together according to God's word, nature, character, and spirit. And then in the church, and that's true in the home, in the church, but to be a good spiritual leader, uh, we need input from other people. We need to have a council of elders or a, a multitude of council that we are protected by. We've heard it said that we should not be an island to ourselves. We should not go it alone. So we need a multitude of council Because in there, there is safety. but For that to happen, we also have to have a willingness to have mutual respect, submission, and accountability one to another. To submit to and respect other spiritual leaders. So I don't want to be one who's always speaking against others if they do things differently. I want to be one who doesn't project my personal consecrations, but I pray that God would help me to be an expression of God's love through the way I already live my life, And if I have a different conviction, or people don't have the same convictions I do, then others may, I may not. I'm responsible for me, but for me to have authority, I must be yielded to the authority of God Himself and His Word, so I can ask Him to help lead me by the Holy Spirit, to bring revelation of His presence by the very essence of the relationship I have in my life, through His Word, character, nature, Word, and Spirit. Submission is an attitude of heart, though. So I can say I'm submitted and yet not truly be submitted. Because it does not mean always to be in agreement, but it is a hard attitude. There are people and authorities in my life over the years that I may not agree with, but it's the way I respond to them and show respect even in my disagreement. There is freedom in true accountability and submission. So we need to trust God's authorities in our lives from the written word to spiritual leaders. God will honor our submission, even if the decision made by another leader or even our spouse is a decision we don't agree with. See, we are covered as we submit to the Lord and learn how to respect and appreciate and honor His appointed authorities or delegated authorities in our lives. And we need to stay covered. So that's one of the reasons it's important for us to have daily devotion time, to know Christ, our ultimate authority. Our service for the Lord cannot be done apart from abiding in Christ, for we can do nothing without Him. in fact, I pray lord i'm nothing without you, I can do nothing without you. Honoring godly authorities in our lives is a place of covering as well. This includes honoring God Himself, the ultimate authority, His Word, which is our constitute authority, and if we're married, our spouse. And then our pastors and ministry leaders in our lives are those positional authorities who should be yielding to God themselves as well so they can impart to us those things that they've learned by experience and through the study of His Word. As we submit ourselves to the Lord, then we are walking underneath His covering, under the blood paralleled in the Old Testament through the Passover. Remember when the spirit of death came over Egypt, Israel was told to stay in their houses and to place blood over the doorpost of the sacrifice of the lamb and that as the spirit of death came they would see the spotted blood on the doorpost and which really is a, is an expression to us as the spirit of death passed over that for us and they were protected that for us in the new testament is as Christians The blood of Christ on the cross of Calvary has been shed, and when we yield ourselves to the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection, then we are yielding ourselves to God's lordship. I remember when I was a young Christian, I said, oh, Jesus is my Savior, but He's not my Lord. And I became to realize, I can't say that, because if He's not my Lord, how can He be my Savior? See, to be protected, to be under the covering of the Lord, then it's for me to recognize that I've been bought by the precious blood of Jesus. In fact, Paul says in Corinthians that we no longer belong to ourselves, but we've been bought. And I believe that that when we've been bought by the blood of Christ, that is a high cost. That has been that has been shed for us. That is that has been sacrificed for us, for us to be redeemed. That we might call God Abba, Father. We might be the sons and daughters of the living God. That we've been joint heirs with Christ because we've been purchased by the precious blood of Christ and the sacrifice on the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. So the Passover for us is that we would stay under the blood, under the cross, under the place of the yieldship. Of the character of God and the lordship of Christ in our lives. So that keeps us protected and and, and helps us not to be uncovered by any breach that is trying to come into our lives, our homes, our families, our businesses, our, our, our churches. A breach is walking from underneath God's covering. If we choose to walk out from underneath God's protection through rebellion or sin, we become uncovered, don't we? We become vulnerable. And when we do allow a breach in our lives, we must make sure that we do not blame God. It's us that chose to come under the covering. We cannot blame God because God always desires to give us His best and has made provision for us to walk in victory when we're under His covering. But when we willfully choose to sin or not to honor God, we experience defeat in our lives. We always have a choice. As we're not clones, but we should be those who imitate Christ. Jesus Christ himself made provision for our sin that we could be cleansed, freed, and covered. God desires for us to walk with a victorious life of freedom by following Christ in simple obedience. You've heard me say before that simple obedience is the highest form of worship to God. One of the things I've come to really believe is that we must love the truth more than our own lives. See, truth is not just doctrine or conforming to the standards of others, but it's a submission under the authority of Jesus Christ, who is the truth. He's the way, he's the life. Living a consecrated life means that we make our decisions based upon convictions of truth and an abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have a moment, read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10. See, we can learn from others' failures and prayerfully avoid those sins in our own lives. And the scripture exhorts us. To stand, to take heed, lest we fall. First Corinthians ten twelve. We can be vulnerable to similar attacks if we are not careful. We are not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Romans twelve three. We trust in God who first called us, who is able to keep us. I love this. First Thessalonians chapter five twenty three twenty four. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who is also able to do it. But you see, sin is subtle, isn't it? There are blind spots in our lives, and that's why we need accountability in our lives. We need others that can speak into our lives. There are blind spots that we just don't actually see. In the home, as husbands and wives, we need each other so we can share constructively, out of love to one another, of areas of blind spots, or things that we maybe don't recognize in ourselves. It's an iron sharpening iron in the home, in the church, in the marketplace, in the job. We we shouldn't take things personal, but if we can speak the truth in love and season it with grace, we can have discussion without having to be angry or wounded or bitter. Another example is like parents and children. Children may not always recognize the wisdom of parents because they haven't experienced some of the things that the parents have gone through. Likewise, if parents learn how to be loving in their, in their instruction and in their exhortation to speak truth, but in a way that is constructive, children then begin to grow under the nurture of a healthy relationship. And one day they will see. I've done that. I remember growing up, mom and dad, they didn't know right. I mean, I know better than them until all of a sudden I had to get older. I had to pay the bills. I had to pay the rent. I had to, to go in life. I go, wow, mom and dad were right. And that's true for all of us. And maybe sometimes even those in authority in our lives on the job or at school or in church, we may not always agree with them, but there's a reason God places those authorities in our lives and why He placed them there. So we need to honor the positional authority and the delegated authorities that God has established in our lives. And God even gives us spiritual authorities, doesn't He? We may not always understand why someone is sharing something with us, and we may not always agree. A couple weeks ago, I I did a podcast, and it was on the value of mentors and even our critics. We need to be lovers of truth, and so we can receive the truth, even if we don't like the person giving us the truth. Let's just ask the Lord to help us to receive whatever spoken truth in our lives or instructions are given, because if it helps us to grow, it causes us to go deeper in the Lord and, and deeper in consecration, wider in our influence when we yield ourselves to His authority. But then there's also a time where we have to recognize that God also wants to warn us when there is a breach or a point where the enemy could enter into our lives. And sometimes He uses people that we did not recognize. If God can speak to a donkey to speak to a prophet, God can speak to individuals to speak into our lives, even if we may not like the, the one that God is using to speak into our lives. Sometimes we allow a point of entry or vulnerability in our lives when we're unwilling to deal with the areas that we willfully know are disobedient to God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, and the next few verses have been really good for me as I process this in my own walk, because if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remains a fearful expectation of fiery judgment. And it goes on to say, because we made a common thing, the shedding of, of Christ's blood, or also we trample underfoot the spirit of grace. And I don't want to get into some theological treaties about that, but it does bring conviction to me that as a believer in Christ— I must be yielded to his authority, his character, nature, word, and spirit. I want to honor the Lord, not walk willfully disobedient to God. Often we may think that we can handle something in our lives, a certain situation, area, but the Holy Spirit also wants to guide us, even warn us when we are approaching areas of danger. When you have a moment, here's an example in Jeremiah chapter 39, verse 1 through 8, where God tries to warn us before we walk into certain situations. We can apply this in our personal lives and in various scenarios. In this particular scripture in Jeremiah 39 1 through 8 the king of Babylon which represents the world was besieging God's people Zedekiah the king of Judah and the army. The people fled and were pursued and overtaken by the enemy. Their houses were burned the walls of Jerusalem were broken down. But throughout that scripture God was trying to find a way to give warning to God's people and they did not listen to the warning. See, our disobedience can cause a domino effect or chain reaction, not just our own lives, but in the lives of others. Our wrong choices present a bad witness and wound those around us who are watching our leadership. We may not even be intentional to want to cause someone to stumble or hurt someone, but the people who have been watching us, they're watching our witness. They're watching our leadership. They're a part of our lives, and they'll be affected when we ourselves, privately or publicly, respond according to the flesh rather than the Spirit of God. All of us have an element of leadership. If we're under God's authority, the ultimate authority, which is Jesus, and His constant authority, which is Word, because we've been delegated His authority and responsibilities and commissioned by God to be an ambassador for Christ to the world around us. What happens when we leave our first love? When we stumble, the walls of the church are torn, either intentionally or unintentionally, when we willfully submit ourselves to the flesh rather than submitting ourselves to the Lord himself. Others who are watching us or following our leadership are also vulnerable to a breach of covering. None of us want that, do we? In our homes, we want our children to be able to be covered. We want to be able to have those in our congregations, the people we work with to not be vulnerable to an outside breach, but that together we can be under the covering of the Lord and walk in the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and the fullness of God's intended blessings. We've seen many, many people over the last few years who failed God. And you've seen the fallout throughout the body of Christ, and even in the world that creates comic fodder against the church because of the failure of those who lead. See, we're all vulnerable to temptation, but it's how we handle that temptation that determines if we fall into sin or not. That's why every day it's one of my heart cries to God, God even as King David prayed, Lord, help me not to allow the, the hidden sins, the presumptuous sins, anything in my life to cause others to stumble. Lord, I want my life to be reflection to the glory of God, that you be glorified in all that I do say and think. Because God, I'm nothing without you. There is nothing without you. I don't want to be enamored with the flesh. I don't want to have the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eye, or the pride of life overtake me. I want to be yielded to the spirit of God and to the goodness of God in my life. See, we must love the truth more than our lives ourselves, and we must cling to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the one who is the giver of life. We must run to His altar of mercy to ask Him for His grace daily, where we can find healing and deliverance in our lives. When we recognize compromise or a vulnerable place in our lives, we must confess it and ask God for His grace and mercy to overcome the works of the flesh. And what a great scripture of grace for us and a good reminder, 1 John chapter 1-9. If we confess our sin, He is faithful to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Rather than excusing our sins or covering up our sins, in fact I'm thinking of Genesis 3, that when Adam and Eve had sinned willfully against God, that they ran from God covered in fig leaves instead of running to God. We don't need to cover up With the fig leaves of life, so to speak. We have to run from God. When we sin or when we're vulnerable, we need to run to the Lord, for He is faithful to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we stay in compromise, it becomes easier and easier to keep walking away and staying untethered to the Lord. Eventually, we'll be so deep that we won't even know how to get out of our sin or that place that we've buried ourselves in. If we continue to try to cover up our sin, If we have unconfessed sin, we often have a reason of excuse to begin to walk away, and we actually lose our joy in our Christian walker faith. Again, willful sin and blatant sin. We want to be careful not to do that, because once we do, it's easier then to justify our sins. We're justified by faith, not by our excuses. Any area God may be addressing in our lives needs to be dealt with so we are not leading it to compromise and ultimately walking away from God or causing others to stumble. See, once there is a breach in our lives, let us face it. Let's confess it and receive God's instruction and freedom. I love Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free and be no longer entangled in the yokes of bondage. In conclusion, again, let's just remind ourselves. Let's love the truth. Let's be seekers of truth. Let us be under God's ultimate authority, the Lord Jesus, and under His constituted authority, which is His Word, His character, His nature, His Spirit. Let us be under the delegation of God's authority by also being under authority, so we have authority, under His authority, but also respecting authorities in our lives, those who speak into our lives, our parents, our pastors, Spiritual leaders, our employers. There are always levels of positional authority and delegated authority, and we may not always agree with them, but it's how we respond in appreciation and respect, even to those we disagree with, that helps us to walk in the fullness of God's blessing. Let us not be those who walk in the pride of life or the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eye. Let us always be vulnerable to God and one another, but not to the things of the world, so we can find healing and restoration. When we can trust Jesus as our Savior, our healer, and our deliverer, we walk in the fullness of His breakthroughs, the fullness of His blessings. The Bible says that He, the Lord Himself is the master of breakthrough, the Baal Perizim. Isaiah 58, 12 says, it says this, He speaks of our Lord as the repairer of the breach. See, we don't want a breach in our lives. Let us come to the repair of the breach. Let's allow the Lord to continue to do His work in and through us. Once a breach has taken place, a process of restoration must occur. Go to those in your life that can speak into your life. Confess your sins one to another. Come before the Lord, not with a cover-up, but being vulnerable and transparent and honest with the giver of grace and the giver of life himself. Ask for forgiveness from the Lord and to those that maybe you have offended. Initiate the healing process in your own life and close out any breach that may have happened even in your relationships and seek godly counsel. Find other Christians to whom you can be accountable to, who can you can let your hair down, so to speak, and be transparent and vulnerable with. Would you pray with me? And let me just kind of give you a, a general prayer, but agree with me in this prayer. Father, I confess to you, and whatever that may be, I ask you to set me free from this bondage that I've been walking in. I ask you to forgive me for opening any door of sin or breach in my life. Forgive me for the way in which I have wounded your heart, and have hurt those around me. I submit myself to you and will make myself accountable to you and to those godly leaders that you bring into my life. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses me of my sin. Lord, I want to honor you in all that I do, all that I say, and the way that I think. Be glorified in all that I do, say, and think. Well, do whatever you need to do to help me to be one who walks in the fullness of the Godhead body, who walks in the fullness of the grace of God, that I can walk under your constituted authority to be the one who you can use as an ambassador for Christ in a world that desperately needs you. Help me, Lord, to be the person you've called me to be, that you've called me to be, that you've desired of me to be, that I might be an imitator of Christ and not the imitators of the flesh or this world. I pray these things in Jesus' name.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.